and welcome to the Green Shoots podcast, a conversation about intellectual property focused on what matters most to innovators right now. We discuss managing, monetizing, and protecting IP in the context of what's happening now in industry, IP law, and beyond. I'm your host, Charlie Leslie, and I'm part of the IP team here at Appleyard Lees. Joining us today are Appleyard Lees partners and patent attorneys, Kate Hickinson and Howard Reed. Kate handles all types of chemical subject matter and gained considerable experience working for several years in-house for a large pharmaceutical company. Howard has worked in industry and academia and helps a wide range of clients protect their computer-implemented and material science innovations. Kate and Howard, welcome to the podcast. Charlie, very good afternoon. Hi, Charlie. Thanks for having us. So to start, innovation in lockdown, is it happening? As a chemistry attorney, I've found that for lots of my clients, it's been hard for them to carry on inventing during this period because they're usually lab-based and obviously working from home changes that completely. But what I have seen is a lot of clients reviewing results that they have already and the data that they have and asking questions about patentability. Do their results fit into current filings or would they file a new patent application to that? Do they have enough results to file on now? I often get asked the question, how many examples are needed to support a patent application? And there's not a very simple answer to that question. Howard, have your clients managed to continue inventing at this time? I'm fortunate enough to work with a variety of particularly spin-outs as well as um, SMEs. And they're quite used to working remotely. Often these are collaborative ventures and their innovation is continuing. I think one of the things that this lockdown has actually enabled is for them to focus on what is important. So when you said, Kate, about people reviewing results, for example, this is exactly what we're seeing also, that they're reviewing what they have done and looking to see how they can further that innovation when they get back into the lab. I found with some of my clients, even if they don't have um, a full set of results yet to file a patent application to support that filing, I've been advising them to spend the time that they have, because as you said, Howard, people have perhaps got more time to consider their IP and potential patent applications at this time when they're not busy in the lab. It's a great time to write up examples and have everything ready for when they do want to file a patent application, perhaps. I find that if I'm given a set of well-written up and thought out examples right at the beginning of the drafting process, it saves a lot of time and potentially cost to the client because everything is very clear right at the start. That I think is a luxury perhaps that uh, some of my clients don't necessarily have to be able to work through in comprehensive detail in advance. So particularly with uh, some academic inventors, then what we're seeing is rather than being given well thought out results, also what we're seeing is that people are providing all of their results. What that means is that we now have to work through with the inventors to understand where indeed is the invention. And having too many results can be as much of a problem as having too fewer results. So Kate, you mentioned lab-based clients and what will happen 
once clients return back into the lab? Will there be a, a large surge in activity? Will there suddenly be a surge in maybe patent applications or inventions when people return back to the lab? That's a really interesting question. I think it will depend a little bit on how things work out in different countries and how people return to work. I had a Skype meeting this morning with a client discussing a potential new patent application and we decided that we would need more lab work done really to determine enough detail of the invention to be able to draft useful claims. I talked to him about when we might get those results and He said that in his company that they are already going back to the lab, but they're working in teams. So one um, team goes in in the morning and another team goes in the afternoon. And he actually said that this has been going on for a few weeks. It's in a country in Europe and he's been finding it really efficient and a really efficient way to work because he's very carefully planning his experimental work and knows that when he's in the lab, he's only got a certain amount of time to get the work done. And he seemed to think it's a great way forward. So um, I think, I don't think we'll have a massive surge, but I think that there'll probably be a slow, steady increase as everybody gets back to normal. So Kate, if I take from that, then the work may be more focused as they're going into the labs now, appreciating that they have fewer resources and time being one of them. Yes, I think so, Howard. I think also we might find that some companies' commercials priorities have changed, that due to changes in funding or just a different focus for that company, then projects that maybe seemed very important two or three months ago aren't deemed so important now. And perhaps companies are going to be working in different areas, potentially. So what this period has brought about is a shift in focus of what technologies may be valuable. I'm seeing that with some of the clients I'm working with, that they are changing their emphasis. And that can even be looking again at patent applications that are pending and reviewing the claims that are on file to see if they can redirect them towards a new application area that wasn't originally conceived of, but has now become of interest. So one of the things that I have been particularly enjoying is greater opportunity to discuss with inventors and clients. Right now, with online meetings being the only way of meeting people. Yeah, I agree. I've actually had Teams meetings with people that I've spoken to frequently on the phone, but I've never actually met them in person. And it's been really nice to actually see what those people look like and um, communicate with them in that way. I think it's, um, it'll be something that we keep, we keep using. I think we'll probably use those virtual meetings going forward instead of just using the telephone. This has brought about a lot of flexibility. Previously, it would often be hampered by we can't arrange meetings because somebody is not available in the office. They're going to be off-site. And now, because everyone is off-site, we're all pulling in. So certainly the frequency of meetings has increased, but I think the quality has also improved because we're getting in, usually just for a short chat, just to review, discuss, properly understand something, and then progress. So we're actually making more progress in this way. 
I don't know if that is necessarily reflected with the some of the larger organisations that you work with, Kate. I think a lot of the larger organisations, so one of my clients is a, a multinational and they've been using virtual meetings for a long time because their inventors and commercial staff are all at different sites. So they're very used to, to using it. But um, I think it's made me use it more and talk to more clients that way. One thing I've wondered about is whether, as you say, Howard, everybody's getting really used to using these virtual meetings, whether it's actually going to help collaboration, whether it's inventors talking to each other. And we might find that there's actually quite a lot of collaboration going on during this time. That's certainly what I'm seeing. Some of the meetings that I've been having are with collaborating inventors. And those collaborations have only really been forged since the lockdown started towards the end of March. And do you think some of those collaborations might be more relaxed in nature than usual? Do you think that might cause problems from a strict IP attorney point of view going forward when we're talking about things like ownership? Yeah, I think that's always a risk um, with speed particularly. Maybe the diligence that should be put in is, is not always there. So we still have to go back to if you are investing in IP, you need to set up the ground rules for any collaboration. So with everything that's going on at the moment, have you had clients that are coming to you to have their IP portfolios reviewed to sort of go through certain procedures that maybe have been put on the back burner? I think for some of my clients, the costs have been scrutinised more than normal, perhaps. And that's led people to do reviews of what their portfolio actually is and whether they want to be spending money on certain projects, which is good practice all the time. And I think especially with large companies, it can get forgotten. An application gets filed. It takes years to prosecute applications. And sometimes in larger organizations, people might lose sight a bit of what they've actually got patent-wise and why they were filed in the first place and, and keep track of whether those projects are still important. I think if we look back to year, two years ago, and as people were then filing for more patent applications, the forecast was always that the economy would grow. And now we're in a position whereby the investment that may be received, that may now be cut short. So people are going back, uh, reviewing what their forecasted costs are going to be and trying to plan around that. So what I'm seeing are perhaps two ends. One, where people realise that, ah, a granted patent will be of value. Can we accelerate and get a granted patent sooner, even if the scope is perhaps narrower than originally desired? And those who are trying to defer costs until later. There's lots of ways to accelerate prosecution, isn't there? What, what do you find to be most successful? I think the important consideration is why do they want to accelerate and what do they want to get out of it? Because acceleration, if you have patentable claims, then you can accelerate through to grant. But if the subject matter is borderline patentable, you may accelerate towards earlier refusal. And you always have to balance uh, these two considerations. 
But if we take a positive approach and the patentable subject matter has been indicated in the application, then before the UK IPO, for example, acceleration either under the Green Channel or under Patents Fast Grant has, has been found to be very effective. If we get, move over to Europe, then of course, PACE is a way of accelerating your proceedings, but we have to still think about this risk of being moved quickly to, for example, oral proceedings if the examiner is not satisfied that enough progress is being made. Perhaps now is the time to pick up the phone to the examiner at the EPO and persuade them that actually it is patentable and they should grant this patent. I think there's a great opportunity for that. I've found that examiners are actually more accessible now because they are all working remotely. And yes, being in a position to allow grant of a patent is actually less work for an examiner, apparently, than um, finding reasons to refuse. So if you can persuade the examiner, even over the phone, to allow grant, then this is, a, it's a, I dare call it, a win-win situation. I certainly have received a lot of notices of allowance from the EPO in the last three or four weeks. Have you found that um, parties are now enforcing patents, maybe if they're related to the COVID-19 treatments um, or similar sort of things like that? I think it's a very interesting question. It's not something that we're seeing at the moment, but it just raises all sorts of potential issues in terms of whether people should be enforcing their patents at, the t- at this time when you know, inventions that help to save lives, you know, should you be enforcing your patent if your invention is used in that way? I think from a public relations perspective, it is always going to be difficult for a party to attempt to assert rights when the invention is being used for particularly public good. Nevertheless, this is what the patent system was set up for. And so what we would invariably recommend is that agreement is reached rather than asserting rights, seeking agreement with those who may be working the invention and doing this, of course, in a way that at least to the public appears that people are working together. Yes, I think it seems very unfair to say that a company that has developed a product and spent lots of time and money and investment shouldn't be able to enforce their patent. We've obviously spoken today about uh, what has been going on. What would you like to see maybe in the next weeks or months change going forward? I think everybody probably feels the same way in that we would all like to get back to what was normal previously at some point. It's so difficult to know how long that's going to take and how it's going to happen. From our point of view, I think we'll be working at home for the foreseeable future, but we're set up really well to do that. And as we've discussed, all the virtual meetings are working really well. From a personal point of view, I'll get an awful lot more work done when my children go back to school and I can actually concentrate for periods of time of more than about 10 minutes. But we're all doing the best we can at the moment. And I'm pleased to say that you know, at Apple Yardley's, we're able to work at home and work at home to the high level that we always do for our clients. Fantastic. Thank you so much for speaking to us today, Kate and Howard, on the podcast. Charlie, thank you. Thank you. And Kate, thank you. Thanks for listening to the Green Shoots podcast by Apple Yardley's. 
If you have a question or issue you'd like our IP specialist to discuss on the podcast, tweet us at AppleYardLees or email us at ip at appleyardlees.com.